Hello listeners, and welcome to A Dash of Salt with AJ. I'm your host, Ahsoka Jackson, author, podcaster, poet, and freelance proofreader. Here's what I've been trying to get to for a few episodes now. As I said before, maybe I'm just overanalyzing this. But the more I look at it, the more I feel that Hanja was trying to manipulate and guilt trip Eren on a personal level about all this. And the angle she was using for that was freaking absurd. She frames this whole thing as though they were all there to save Eren out of the kindness of their collective hearts, and he was taking advantage of their noble natures or personal affection for him. Freaking bite me, woman. Sure, that's at least partially true for Eren's actual friends from the squad. And I'd say that even Hanja and Levi do care about him personally to some extent. But the regiment, the military as a whole, and even Hanja and Levi as his superiors, their primary interest in Eren is strategic, not humanitarian. For her to even act like it's the latter is both outrageous and freaking hilarious. Except I'm not laughing right now. They were not there to rescue Eren Jaeger. They were there to retrieve the Attack Titan and Foundling Titan. Eren is currently their best weapon and their ace in the hole. And he would also spell doom for parties if Marley were able to kill him and take the powers, especially that of the Founding Titan. They are there to get back their most important weapon. But if Eren were just Eren Jaeger, the bright-eyed little ball of rage from Shiganshina, he would have been literally left to rot ages ago. That's how it is in the Survey Corps. It's not that no one cares, but the expectation is that soldiers can and will be called upon to sacrifice themselves or be sacrificed at a moment's notice, and the scout regiment has massive casualty rates and employs super costly strategies. Heck, even if they did have some personal stake when it came to Eren, guess what? Look, Levi definitely cares about his subordinates and teammates, but that didn't save Eld, Gunther, Oro, or Petra, did it? Where are they now? Heck, where's Ervin, his best friend and respected commander? And I seem to recall Hanja telling a heartbroken Mikasa to give up and allow Armin to die because she felt it would be better strategically if Ervin were revived instead. I actually appreciate that Hanja comforted her some, but the message there was quite clear, and Eren witnessed that conversation himself. In fact, speaking of Ervin brings up something I didn't even consider until I was writing and uh, thinking about this for the podcast episode. Now I'm like, no wonder Aaron was sitting there looking so thoroughly unimpressed. Now, let's be clear here. Aaron is not someone who takes the deaths of his comrades lightly, especially when it happens in the process of helping him or protecting him. Quite the contrary, we've seen throughout the series that he's guilt-stricken to an excessive degree, if anything. And this man who's now so deeply feeling the pain of even his enemies certainly hasn't become stone-hearted when it comes to his actual friends and comrades, even if it looks that way from the outside. But Aaron's keeping his cards really close to his chest right now, and there's a ton on his mind. Plus, there are some other factors here I can't get into yet. But he has good reason for his apparent lack of reaction. Although, heck, we see that stony mask crack to a significant degree at the end of the episode, when he hears of Sasha's death, and then Jean points out Aaron's responsibility in that matter. I forgot to mention this last episode, but that expression we see on Aaron's face finally, that mixture of horror, anguish, and frantic desperation, is also reminiscent of when he finally broke down in season 2 after Hans died. Hello madness, my old friend. So Aaron is definitely deeply affected by this in reality. And that's, I would say that's like the most intense um, 
emotion we've seen from him this season. But that said, I'm realizing that some of his reaction towards Zoe probably was showing how he felt and exactly how unimpressed he was by her routine here. I'm definitely not here to try and absolve Aaron of his responsibility in all of this, even though I primarily blame Marley for this whole situation and the resulting deaths, as I explained already when it came to the deaths of Marley and individuals. However, based on what was said, it sounds like the casualty level for parties here was relatively low in terms of raw numbers, though of course Sasha's death had an extra impact. Now that's partly a testament to how skilled the troops themselves were, but it's also a testament as well to the plan conceived by Aaron, Armin, and apparently Zeke as well. And here's the clincher here. I've been thinking about just the general issue of casualties in a scout regiment and how willing they've been to sacrifice their soldiers' lives. But what I realized later was that Hanji Zoe specifically served under Ervin Smith, of all people. And she was busy fighting for him to be revived, as she felt he was the better option when the choice had to be made between Ervin and Armin. The scout regiment under Ervin Smith's leadership was getting freaking cold like a candy bowl on Halloween. And this is not to take away from Ervin's accomplishments. In fact, it sounds like he may have actually been able to improve the scout's survival rates in general, versus how things had been under his predecessors. But his strategies were still enormously risky and costly, and the death rates were extremely high. And of course, by the very end, nearly the entire scout regiment had been wiped out. Now, Aaron is facing a different set of circumstances here, and I don't know how successful present-day Aaron would have been facing what Ervin was up against, just as I'm not sure if Ervin would have done better or worse in dealing with Liberia. So it's hard to make a one-to-one -one comparison. However, with all the slaughter that took place under Ervin's leadership, leadership that Hunjis supported and actually requested additional risks of, for her to now trying to be guilting Aaron about what seems to have been a military action that costs far less than average for parties in the Survey Corps, and to have succeeded in inflicting far more damage than average on their adversaries. For her to be trying to guilt him over that is freaking rich. And as though the Ervin thing itself wasn't enough, there's also what I pointed out when Hanji was busy trying arming. She's trying to be Miss Responsible Adults in the group nowadays. Yet she's the one who was busy chasing after Titans like a rabid animal, and had to be restrained in various senses by her comrades and superiors. It's not that she's not allowed to turn a new page here, and as I stated before, I think the calmer personality is actually what she was originally like before warping her plain hatred of Titans into this frantic and somewhat sadistic curiosity and obsession with them. But show a little goddarn self-awareness, woman. And definitely don't try to play Aaron here as though he hasn't witnessed in intimate detail the realities of how you and the rest of the Survey Corps operate. Again, there is a personal element when it comes to his actual friends from the 104th, and even Hanja and Levi to some extent. For the most part, what Aaron made use of was not some personal emotional bonds or some nobility and compassion on the part of the military. He knows where he stands with them in reality. And what he did was leverage his position as a valued weapon and tool, one they couldn't let fall into enemy hands. And he used that to coerce them into cooperating with his plan. I get being mad at him. I'd be seriously ticked at him too, even though I largely support the Liberia strike in its own right. 
But I'm not interested in having Hunjit try to misrepresent the situation, like the folks of the Survey Corps or government as a whole are busy sacrificing themselves out of their beautiful, altruistic feelings of brotherly love for Aaron Yeager. She reminds me of a phrase from Dave Ramsey that I love. A lot of times when he employs it, it's in the context of someone who's dealing with uh, manipulative family members. Dave will say that said relative or other individual is a travel agent for guilt trips. That feels rather applicable here. Also, while Aaron can definitely take the blame for this particular situation, I'd say that the prior situations where he was kidnapped and had to be retrieved weren't really his fault, so trying to pile on guilt about those is just freaking low. Especially since he was also very much willing to sacrifice himself for the greater good. In fact, there were times when he was specifically ordered not to fight and help out, even though he was perfectly willing to. Plus, the government was kind enough to add its own death penalty threat if he failed to deliver or if he was deemed to have stepped out of line. And I think he took all of that better than could reasonably even be expected. If the folks of the Survey Corps are fed up with Aaron, guess what? He should have been fed up with them. Actually, this goes to a point I've made before. Despite what you'd assume from his personality, Aaron has in fact been quite the trooper as a soldier for parties. So if he's actually started going rogue at this point, that would not be a decision he came to lightly or without substantial provocation slash motivation. Alright guys, thanks for listening to today and I hope you've had a great time. If you're enjoying the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe and turn your notifications on so you get updates. You can help make the podcast more visible for new viewers and listeners by leaving a like, share, comment, or review on whichever platform you used to listen. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, social media, etc. Be blessed and stay salty.